0: Welcome once again to Ask, I'm Pastor Jamie. Great questions, including uh, a question we've answered before but one lots of people ask, and that's on cremation. Plus a couple of others, you're not gonna wanna miss it. Ask, it's coming your way next. Welcome once again, Uh, if you have questions that you want answered in an upcoming episode, we wanna hear them, life, faith, Bible, current events, whatever. Uh, maybe it, you heard another me answer another question, you're like, hey, what about this? Submit it, go to cornerstonebv.org, ask, or no, media, drop down, ask, you got it, all right? Don't leave your name, leave your name, doesn't matter to us, most don't, uh, except for Ariel, He'll, he's the only one who does. <laughs> so, but feel free to, um, and uh, we'll, we'll be happy to answer your question. Okay, so this one starts with dumb question. Never say that, even if it's dumb. Be confident, all right, and it's not dumb. Uh, I know it probably doesn't matter if a non-Christian is cremated, being hell is fire and brimstone, uh, but what about a Christian? Is the Bible clear about this, and if so, where? Okay, so the Bible really does not talk at all about how one should be buried. The Bible is very cultural, right? So um, the Old Testament is dealing primarily, for most of it, with Israel and, 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 and Jewish culture, um, and then, of course, the New Testament is dealing with still Jewish culture and early Christian culture. And so then you have throughout church history, you look at all different cultures, they they bury their dead in different ways during different traditions. Um, the typical tradition um, that grew up in the church to not be cremated, uh, there's a few reasons why. The biggest reason is that you know, we're, we're taught that when we receive new bodies that, that that he will raise our old bodies from the dead. But really that's just, he's gonna give us new bodies. Um, and there's never gonna be a case where God is like, uh, I don't know to tell you, but you burned your body up so you can't go to heaven. Like that's just not scriptural. Um, if it was, uh, I think we'd have very specific uh, descriptions. Plus what would a Christian do um, it, it, you know, we have many Christians over the years who died in plane crashes, fires, uh, died in, you know, uh, car crashes where they're just, you know, I don't want to get in the descriptions, but you know what I mean. Like, just not able to just be buried like we normally would want to bury a body. Um, you know, other things have said, well, it's too much like hell. I mean, okay, I don't really see that, but, you know, or other things as well. Nothing scriptural says you have to not be cremated or have to have your body buried. Do what you think is right. Some of the benefits of cremation are space and, and really economic. Like, it just um, allows more people to be buried in one area and you can still bear A lot of people still think traditionally if you get cremated, you have an urn and it just stays in someone's shelf forever. That's actually not the case. Many people, most people, and you can still do that, but most people, um, or you get thrown out at sea or on the beach somewhere, right? And that's possible, probably illegal, but people do it. Um, but most will still have, like my mom does, uh, there's a little plaque at a cemetery. It's just smaller, a smaller area, and, and it's where her ashes are buried. So you still have a place you can go, a place that kind of still acknowledges that person's life, um, but it was far cheaper. Um, and now also for people they can plan better, right? If you just bury a body, like you have to do it quick. they have a funeral, wake, you gotta get it done, right? For the most part, within a week, week and a half, you know, if you have cremation, you can take your time with that, you can get family into town. There's just some good benefits for it. I think the biggest is it's cheaper. However, there's nothing wrong with still burying the body the traditional way. If that's how you want to do it, you feel more like that's how the Christian should do it, do it. But don't judge judge other people. It's just not as far as I've ever been able to tell a, a biblical, viable argument that you can or can't either way. Okay? Alright. Um, Another uh, question about dying, but this one a little bit more, uh, more like after that. In heaven, will Christians remember their life on earth? So that's a good question, right? So we're going to go to heaven. We're going to, it says, there's not going to be sorrows. There's not going to be tears. Not going to be pain. So some people will say, yeah, but a lot of things that happen in my life create sorrow. They, 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 make, they make me cry or they make me feel broken or hurt. And of course that's true. It's true for all of us, but some even more so, right? Real tragic things. So how could you remember those but have no sorrow nor no tears? I think that's where that question comes from. Um, the biblical evidence, to me, overwhelmingly says that yes, we will remember our life on earth. You have uh, the rich man and Lazarus story. Most people, some believe that's a parable. Lots of people don't think that's a parable. Um, Either way, Jesus told that story or parable, however you come down on it, and in the story, it's clear that the rich man recognizes Lazarus, and I don't think Jesus would have told that if you weren't gonna recognize people, right? Um, At least I don't believe. I mean, it's possible, but I don't think so. And I I think pretty much most other things that point to the afterlife is, yeah, we're, we're gonna know who we are, who others are, recognize and remember things on earth. What about our sorrows? You know, what my thinking is, and it's just my opinion, because again, the Bible's kind of silent on that, is that we we may still remember events. It's certainly possible that God will wipe away real tragic events, you don't even remember them, so they can't hurt you anymore. I'm not saying that's not possible. But I think we'll just have real eternal perspective. And, And what's really hard to have perspective in our life here right and yeah okay God has a plan and God's sovereign and that's fine but it still really hurts right what happened to me I think in a heavenly when you have your perfect body there's no more tears there's no more sin there's no more all that everything's healed you'll be able to actually have a perfect perspective on that event where you can say all right, I see how God grew me in that I see how God used that and it doesn't bring me it's not that you're like yeah I'm glad that happened as much as it doesn't bring me sorrows and brokenness and tears anymore So, that's as best I can give you. I do think we will remember how God works out the real hard things. Um, Also, the the people we might be missing is, the Bible's kind of silent on that, so you have to just use your theories and and trust that God knows what he's doing. And and, and it'll be awesome, whatever he uh, has prepared for us. Let me do one more. This is uh, specific about a, a verse from John 3, 5. Comes right in the middle of when Jesus is talking to Nicodemus. And Nicodemus is like, hey, talking about, you know, how do you get to God? And and, and, and and Jesus says, hey, like, you have to be born again. And Nicodemus is like, born again? Like, how am I gonna crawl back into my mother's womb? And if you remember that, that's uh, where you get that whole interaction, right? And in that, in verse five, here's what the questioner asks. It says, unless one is born of water and of the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. I've heard two explanations of this, and I won't go through what they say. What do you think, okay? Um, now, so in other words, is he talking about baptism there? Because he's talking about water? Is he talking about um, saying, well, you have to be born of water, like your natural birth, which involves birth, water, you know, the whole thing. Um, and then spirit would be you're born again. Is, is Jesus differentiating that? And, and it's certainly possible. I think most evidence shoots, points us towards, he's, the whole thing is talking about the born again experience. That's the context of what Jesus is trying to say. He doesn't need to explain Nicodemus, you gotta actually be born from your mother. I don't think. Um, Nicodemus knows that, we all do. You're not gonna be born again if you were never born in the first place. So I think um, Jesus is actually saying, hey, you gotta be born of the spirit in water, all of having to do with the process of being born again. Does the water have to do with baptism? I think baptism, in a way, um, uh, symbolizes it, sure, but it's not the actual baptism itself. What seems to be happening here is he's alluding to the prophet Ezekiel. Uh, specifically, if you want to go to verse 30, or chapter 36, I'll just read a couple of verses but you can read the whole context if you want to just uh, kind of dig in more. This is a, a prediction of the future and Ezekiel says, I will, talking, this is God speaking through Ezekiel, I will sprinkle clean water on you and you shall be clean from all your uncleanness and from all your idols I will cleanse you, and I will give you a new heart and a new spirit I will put within you, and I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh." So it seems like Jesus is referring to that, which Nicodemus would have understood, that he's saying being born again is what Ezekiel was talking about, right? That washing you clean, which is eventually gonna be how? Through the atoning work of the cross by Christ, which is eventually what Nicodemus is gonna have to understand, and a new spirit. Being born again, the Holy Spirit comes in, completely removes your old heart of sin and flesh, uh, of of sin of stone, and gives you a new heart of flesh and a new purpose. And so Jesus is saying, for you to come to the Father, you have to be completely born again. It's not just kind of making a better version of you, of who you are, it's a completely new version of who you are, and that was predicted by Ezekiel 36. That's what I think it's from. If you have other ideas, let me know. Just go to CornerstoneBV.org and uh, submit it uh, on Ask, or any other questions for that matter. Hey, hopefully we'll see you this weekend. Um, great services planned and uh, it's Easter weekend, right? This weekend, if this was three out, I believe so. And so if that's the case, no, maybe that was last week. All right, well either way, we have Saturday at five, Sunday at nine or 11. We'll see you there. I'll be there, hopefully you will be too.